When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So hi everybody, welcome to the Who Hoops Death Unplugged podcast, back live on Twitter. As always, you're here with Megan Gower and then Aaron Barzilai as well. And then we're joined today by Alexis, Alexa Philippos. I butchered that and I just asked you to. Philippo, <laughs> <Sorry>. right? <laughs> Philippo, we said, right? From the Hyper Current. Uh, hey, Alexa, thanks so much for hopping on, even though of I heard your name. <laughs> oh, seriously, all good. Happy to be here and chat some hoops with you guys. Oh, yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, I will say, like me, do you often just tell people not even to try to pronounce your last name? I'm honestly, I'm always very, like, touched when people really want to, like, actually try and pronounce it correctly. Um, I think that shows, you know, that they care. Um, often I notice it's people who are used to getting their own last names mixed up. So then I'm like, okay, you understand. Mm. But I actually, I've gotten to the point where I mind less that people, like, mispronounce my last name. But if they make an Alexa joke, then I'm just like, uh. <laughs> you know, like 50 million of these in the last, like, you know, five years. Right. And they still do it anyway. So. Yeah. Like an obvious pickup line, like an obvious pickup line or something. Yeah. What's the craziest way they'd mispronounce your last name? Um, I don't even have one off the top of my head. It's just like sometimes like they add like random vowels sometimes it's just like they add an a in there which i guess when you pronounce it it's kind of like i pronounce like fill up and even if there's like an mm. i there um i've seen it all um mm. but you know I'm, I'm greek and i'm proud so there you go i have to you know go through to be greek with a very strong greek last name then it's the worst <laughs> <in the world. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think the craziest one I've ever gotten is Barcelona. I had a, a, a my, my freshman high, uh, high school basketball coach called me that. That's a yeah. lot of extra letters that are not there. <laughs> not <laughs> close to like your actual last name. It's just like the mind skipping a few steps. <laughs> so, uh, so Megan, right? Do you want to try and pronounce my last name very clearly here, or not? Should I put you on the spot? <laughs> Barzilai, right? Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. That Barzilai. is super impressive. Super impressive. But yeah, no, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, so you're in uh, Hartford, right? Writing for the Hartford. Now, I always mispronounce this. It's the current. How would you, you say your papers? It's the current. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a tough, always a tough one for me. I always want to say current. Um, so yeah, so we're coming to you from Connecticut as well as New Jersey. I was debating, do you think we should ask our uh, viewers that are trying to watch in Florida to like wait 14 days and uh, quarantine themselves and then watch it on tape? If I have to, or there's like that new order from like the governors, right? Like you can't, you know, yeah. can't like, that, that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah. Exactly. The tables have turned, right? I remember the <laughs> Florida governor was like, you can't come. Yeah. Right, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure you like still can't go to Florida technically, which is like kind of ridiculous. Like, I don't think we're high risk anymore. They're high risk, but you know. <laughs> and then, but then the season. It's supposed to be held there in a month. <laughs> yep. <Hopefully. laughs> yeah. So, I keep yeah. waking up. Like, is today the day they announce they're moving it to like Minnesota, or like are they going to? Yeah. It's kind of funny, Minnesota? right? I mean, like. Or, yeah, Mohegan's on there. Um, I apologize. My uh, internet connection isn't great today. Um, yeah, no, I mean, if you had said in March that, like, you know. We're losing it. Like we- <laughs> I feel like so we're Florida. Florida. Yeah, so it's it's such a weird situation. It's It's crazy how the world works and how things still, you know, are so uncertain. Yeah, exactly. seems like, we, I guess we'll just see, but the Florida situation is less than ideal. I think what is the latest number I have it there for just Bright or Manatee County, which is where IMG is. They're on like a new high or up to 68 cases, like seven day average high of 93, like 11%, I think test positive, which is I think the number that like seems to be what most people say is like the one to keep the closest eye on is that percentage. And yeah. Not good. Right. <laughs> Not great. Um, it's been interesting, too, um, seeing players. Like, I know Gabby Williams, obviously. Um, I follow her for, like, UConn stuff, too. Uh, she and, I'm, you know, other people, too, are kind of like, okay, Florida. Like, we sure you want to do this? And she's playing. Like, she's not one of those that has really, like, come out as, oh, I'm opting out or I'm on the fence. Like, I think she's made it pretty clear she's playing. But I think it's interesting to see, too, how – the players are kind of expressing that concern publicly. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's probably the worst state off state in the country right now. I mean, there's probably a couple that are in the running for that, but basically yeah. what there. like Arizona, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, my, uh, I'm from Arizona and uh, yes, yeah, so my parents still live there and it's crazy. I think the, the thing that's actually really interesting in some of the stories that I've seen, I mean, obviously so much of it's interesting, but uh, I think in Arizona, they're at like a hundred, they're definitely like having trouble testing again. Like they don't have enough testing capacity. I guess part of that, the New York Times said, was because they've been doing these drive up outdoor testing sites, but now it's like 110 degrees. And so they can't have the workers standing out there. But oh, never, nevertheless, they, um, you know, don't have, even so the, the labs don't have the testing capacity. And so it's kind of going back to March when it would take like a week. And so like you could still spread it. Um, and so I think that's also something super 
important to monitor. I think one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, Michelle Vopel's reporting today and, and the bubble in general. And I mean, there's definitely a chance that like the testing capacity in Florida could be strained, which would make the whole thing, you know, really, really hard to uh, pull off. Yeah, I forget exactly what the details were in her article, but I think it was something like three tests before they head off to Florida and then like a test once they get there. And it sounds like tests basically daily for like two weeks and then it eases off. That was actually not that we have to like jump into it right now if you don't want to, but I was kind of curious why they're like, oh, well, you know, testing for two weeks. I guess it's like really comes down to supply. Um, Maybe you don't need to test every day for two weeks, but I, I guess I was just like left wondering what it's going to look like after that time. They said, like, I think the word she uses like periodically, which to me is like, okay, like every few days, every few weeks. Um, so I'm curious if, that, if there's a solidified kind of plan for that. Um, that just like wasn't delved into or what, or what that looked like. Cause it's, obviously they're going to be there from end of July to October in theory. Right. So that's like beginning of July. Right. Beginning of July, actually. Yeah. I think it's season. So it's a long time to be somewhere. So you think they have to keep up with the testing pretty regularly. I'm not a doctor, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me neither. So obviously. Did you so. stay, at a ho- stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, though, or not? <laughs> Fortunately not. So that's <laughs> <laughs> one, one of my favorite ads. But uh, yeah, no, a lot of questions um, from what Michelle reported on, right? A lot of unanswered questions. We had written that um, article Bailey uh, did with, you know, a lot of questions we had. Um, That's, you know, part of what we wanted to talk to you about today. Um, The one thing that stuck out to me, I mean, I think there's no question that everyone's doing their best, incredibly hard problem. uh, And, you know, everyone's making a good faith effort to try and come up with a way uh, to make it uh, successful. You know, the two detail, the detail that really jumped out at me, though, from reading it was the idea that they're only going to quarantine for four days when they arrive. That was really surprising. And I'm curious, I, I am curious what that means, because I'm under the impression that they're probably all going to fly commercial. And so, like, if they're getting on a plane, potentially exposed, you know, are they going to quarantine by themselves in their own rooms? Or are they still going to gather together as team as a team um you know in case you know to isolate from just one person catching it versus the whole team spreading to the whole team and like how do they pick four days everything i've read you know the 14 day guideline that we've seen in the news you know my understanding is that if you're going to be symptomatic like 97 percent of the people that are symptomatic are symptomatic in the in 14 days and you know it's like an s curve um so it, you know so I, I think it's around seven days, at which point the majority of people that are going to be symptomatic um, are, in fact, symptomatic. So four days struck me as really uh, quick. I mean, the testing will help, but nevertheless, it seemed odd. Right. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about, kind of along those similar lines, is especially now you start to see, and I, I know players are starting their individual workouts. I'm not sure if they've been tested at this point. I'm not sure if you guys have heard anything. Have you? have not, no. So, I, for example, like the media talked this week with Sun players. I think there's six of them we talked to. So they're, you know, they're doing individual workouts. But then I've also seen some like on Instagram that are like not quite socially distinct, distancing. So I'm just like, okay. I mean, maybe, you know, if you're quarantined and you're tested and it's like fine, like, I don't know. I don't want to say like they're doing it wrong. I don't know what the exact guidelines are because that hasn't been completely disclosed by the league but um 
it kind of just made me think like how kind of what your point was, how are you going to then, you know, do this like four day quarantine once you actually get after traveling, especially if they were to do a commercial. Um, and then how are you going to enforce that? Like, are you literally going to enforce people to stay away from each other for four? Like that just seems very like, no, like people aren't going to do that. Like, <laughs> you know, these people are friends and like, they're not going to stay in the room all day. Like, I just don't know how they're, maybe they have a really good plan. Maybe people will really take it seriously, but I just feel like if you're living in, even if they have like separate rooms, if they're living in close quarters, like, are you really not going to, are they really not going to see each other for four days? And like, you know, like we all kind of, I don't say cheat with our friends, but like, I was really careful. But then like my cousin came up from North Carolina. I was like, oh, I need to see my cousin. And then like, she was in my house and I was like, I hope it's fine. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, they, maybe more seriously than I do. I do take it seriously though. So, yeah. Exactly. I think everyone's, you know, takes it seriously, but with whatever adjustments they need to make to stay sane as well. But I agree, like to say that people are going to sit in their rooms, like when they get down there for four days, is doesn't seem like totally reasonable. I mean, maybe they are, maybe they're going to be strict about it. But I think like, like there's also just like the commercial travel aspect of it too. Like everyone this week, right, traveling to get to their home market. So some people live in their home markets, but not everyone does. So commercial travel this week to get to your home market, then they're going to start testing, then they're going to all commercially travel down to florida do more testing so like hopefully the testing catches everything early but it's i don't know it still just seems like maybe once you get there and you're there for a couple weeks like it's pretty safe but like the process of getting there seems like high risk but seriously like following up what you said are all the connecticut sun players in connecticut right now so we talked with six this week who were um i'm not even sure completely about like dewana or um, Kalina, um, who else? I was thinking through the ones who I have, I, I like, I'm either checking their social media or like the ones we haven't talked to, Teresa Plaisance. Um, she wasn't one of the ones. Um, there's someone else. Oh, uh, Brian January. Those are the ones that kind of haven't heard or haven't seen anything from. And so do any of them, sorry, do any of them live in these eight or nine states that I think that Connecticut is said you need to quarantine for 14 days? If you, you know, so if you're if flying from Florida to Connecticut today because you're a Connecticut Sun player, what happens? You know, that's a great question. <laughs> and I didn't think about that. I just saw that news, like, what was it, yesterday? Yeah. I was like, oh, like, that's not good. Like, yeah. you know, whatever, nine, 14, whatever amount of states it was. But um, I didn't think about the sports aspect. Um because I, I do know, obviously, that the individual workouts, I think they began, like, last week. So some players have already been back or were able to drive back for um, for a few days now. So I don't know exactly how that happens, and that's definitely um, interesting. I thought we'd maybe hear more for sure by now. Um, like, if certain players were going to opt out of those ones who – like, the six we talked with through, through the media, like, all confirmed they're playing and that they're going to Florida. Um, in theory, like, for example, like, Joanna Bonner, she, I mean, maybe she is playing. We haven't heard anything. It's, like, 5.50 on the day of the deadline, so maybe it's fine to assume she is down, but um, you just never know in these times, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's, like, exemptions for athletes, too. I don't know, because there's athletes coming from Europe and stuff, too, and technically I'm pretty sure you have to quarantine for 14 days if you're coming anywhere in the U.S. from Europe right now, and Obviously, they're not going to be doing that because they're going to have to get on a commercial flight to go to Florida. So, um, yeah, they must just be making assumptions. For what it's worth, the Connecticut rule is like a strong advisory, basically. Yeah. It's like we're not enforcing it, but please don't go out if you've been to any of these places. So, 
Yeah. Well, Kalina's from California. Right. Is that one of the places? Yeah. I think that's it's on, really... on the up, but it's not, not on the list yet. We probably should okay. Because I know oh. LA is having some issues now. Yeah. Sorry, who's having issues? LA. Los Oh, Los Angeles. Yeah, no, I saw a chart that said, like, if you look at the Bay Area, like the San Francisco area, like, they're totally flat. It's like everywhere else in California. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a question. Another question that I had, I mean, there's obviously a ton of questions. One thing I saw today, Tom Ziller, who runs the Good Morning It's Basketball, mostly NBA, but he's very supportive of the WNBA and, and links to articles uh, from, you know, lots of people in the WA, at WNBA, including ourselves. It's like, what is a successful... WNBA, or he asked it in the context of an NBA season, but I think it applies to any league, MLS, and WSL, um, and more importantly to us, the WNBA. Like, what would be a successful season, and you know, what would be a not successful season? One thing he brought up is if anyone needs to be hospitalized. What do you think? Are you talking purely like health terms or like basketball too? I think it was like look, looking back. Season's going to completely like finish you know that yeah. that's like a big one for me like yeah. in theory basketball like they need to finish this season um sorry i kind of interrupted you because no 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 i agree i'm definitely the most uh well i don't know certainly i'm the most cautious of myself and megan and it sounds like you too probably we've really not done anything not done anything like seeing our cousin I, to the quarantine thing we were talking about um like i could see the players maybe you know like i wouldn't be concerned if they were sitting outside you know you hear all these stories about like you know, teenagers hanging out in the parking lot and sort of the equivalent of that, like outside uh, on the IMG campus. But um, yeah, I am definitely think there is a decent chance that we'll have to call the, call the whole thing off uh, at some point. I mean, I hope that's not the case. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, every player's choice. And I think clearly the vast majority of players, um, you know, even if we still get more opt-outs uh, later today, because it's unclear whether the deadline's 11.59 p.m. Eastern or uh, some other time. And I've even heard in the NBA context, and so I would guess this would happen for the WNBA as well, that, like, it's even kind of a soft deadline. Um, right. You know, um, we'll see if they get there. So, uh, you know, everyone's got the, the right to, to choose what they want, and I think there's no doubt that players are itching. It sounds like all the the fun players that you spoke to are, are eager to get going. So uh, more power to them. But yeah, it just it seems like we're getting, you know, maybe it's not the equivalent of March 11th, but it's like close to the equivalent of March 1st. And so mm-hmm. even, you know, there's no reason that they necessarily wouldn't call it off, um, you know, as the facts on the ground change. I think the, the other main takeaway that I had from all of this, uh, the, the big piece of news, right, was that the players only got those the guidelines Yesterday, I think that seems a little surprising, uh, or not really surprising because it's so much work. But in particular, like I'm, I'm not, I'm still not fully understanding how they picked the July 24th date, and like why does it have to be then, right? I think that if they were aiming for later, there'd be more time to digest all this information and sort it out and monitor the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's tough. I think. In theory, you know, it's better to try and start sooner, like as safely as possible, right? Um, and that end of July date, you, like, you know, like some of the other leagues now are like, they were either aiming for that or even a little sooner. So I see, I, I see like maybe why they'd want to do that. And then also, cause now I guess if you're planning on doing the season with the 22 games, the regular season and the playoffs as normal, 
you're still going to end around October. I don't know when exactly in October, but it's not going to be dramatically different from a normal season, even though it's consolidated. So that's probably a plus. But I mean, I haven't talked with any players about this because it just happened. But if I'm a player and I only got like the detailed information yesterday morning, like probably not at all. Um, Although I do think it's interesting, like when the media talked with the Sun players, as I mentioned, I think, what was it, two of them were on Tuesday and the rest of them were like late morning yesterday. And so they probably, it sounds like they had decided, I, I would assume, without getting all those details of, you know, assuming like what Michelle said is correct and that they didn't, you know, read it like first thing before their workout, before talking with us sort of thing. So in that sense, I guess a lot of players probably did feel that the league, um, you know, was doing whatever they could to make sure that they would be safe. Um, and maybe they didn't feel like they needed to see the nitty gritty. I don't know. Um, I think that's something that, It'll be interesting because that's going to be such a huge um, and for a great reason, like a storyline throughout this whole process. It's like we're going to I think it's really important to cover like what do the players know? What's their thought process when it concerns health and safety to the extent they're comfortable talking about it? Because obviously it's it's personal, it's personal choices and everything. But um, I think that I mean, that's a huge part. I think the players, especially, you know, we talk about this with pros and talk about it even too with college athletes. It's a whole different thing. But um, in ideal world, they should have as much information they can to make whatever they think is the best decision for them. Either way, whether they're not, it's like to play or to not play. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, I feel like having the details, right, for people that are on the fence, that would probably like a big difference maker. Not having that told yesterday, if you were already on the fence, I feel like would probably be a big deal. If someone's not as worried about the nitty gritty and they've kind of already made up their mind, it's probably not as big of a deal. Like to know exactly how much they're going to be tested and what the like total details are around that but going Mm -hmm. back to your question Aaron about like what's a successful season look like I feel like I'll have more faith that we'll have something that resembles a successful season if they can like get through the first like few weeks like without like happily calculating it because I feel like that's the biggest risk is like getting there and getting everyone there safely Um, Mm -hmm. I mean there's still like go ahead sorry if an assistant coach has to go to the hospital is the you know was this a mistake I mean, I hope that's not the case, but like that was sort of the, the question that Tom asked today, which I thought was a really good way to, to frame it. Well, it's tough too because we, there's still a lot that we don't know about the virus and its long-term implications. So, I think one of the more harmful things I've seen, and I know this was my not to diss on my brothers on live Twitter, but they're like, yeah, if you're like these professional athletes are going to be fine, they're healthy, they're young, rel- relatively young. Like if they get the virus they'll be fine. But like, we just, you know, and I think also just because of like Rudy Gobert getting that, um, I think, was he, wasn't he, was he asymptomatic the whole time or? I think he must've been. He must've no, been. No, right? no, no. I don't think that's true. I think the reason he got tested, I think the reason he got tested was because he was symptomatic. I think Donovan Mitchell was yeah. asymptomatic though. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. Cause that's why they were like, he's sick. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Now it's coming crazy how that all unfolded. So, but yeah, you know what I mean? So like we, we've seen examples of pro athletes who haven't gotten, um, you know, we don't see them on like their deathbed basically, or we don't see them like incredibly ill. So then that kind of makes up this like false notion of any athlete who gets it is going to be fine, but we just, we just don't know. And I, I definitely think the, um, 
the concern about the assistant coaches or the coaching staff or whoever's whoever else is in like the team party or from the league side, that's huge too. Because yeah, like some of those people are going to be either have the like just a health risk or be at that age that it really could be super serious. So um, it's like, I mean, what happened? What happens if you know someone does get hospitalized? You know, if it's a in theory isolated. Yeah, one person, right? Yeah. If it's with one person that's really serious, do you proceed? You have a lot, and if you're the league, you have a lot at stake, and you're going to want to proceed, unless they like literally, it's like, if it gets to a certain point, then maybe they would shut it down. But it's also like, I don't know. It's just, I don't envy the decision makers, Mm -hmm. but it's, I don't know. It's really tough. Because that's like, that's like, I mean, these are people's lives. Yeah, and they're you know the players clearly are making the choice to play. I think that to your point, they you know I think they've had reasonable communication all along the way with the negotiations. So to your point, maybe they haven't read the whole document, but um, they had heard most of it. I'm sure. I hope ahead of time. So and frankly, I don't know if I was in their situation if like reading the details would make me feel flip me one way or the other. Right? It's probably like, hey, it's way too much uh, going on in there, or uh, like. I'm not too worried about in general because I think I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, my biggest concern actually is the long-term effects, even if people are recover relatively well. And I was just rereading Stephanie Dolson's uh, Players' Tribune article. Yeah, I think people neglect to comment on just how bad it seems to be, even if you're quote-unquote fine. Um, right. It seems super serious, and I would like to avoid it, although maybe for $50,000 for uh, three days of uh, anguish would be, uh, you know, I don't know, that's a different question. But I think that, um, like, there's real concern. Like, we don't know, like, what happened to her lung capacity. You know, you read all these stories in the newspaper about how they have the ground glass or whatever in the lungs. And again, I don't fully understand all that. But, um, I mean, if, you know, Sabrina Ionescu, like, suddenly has 90% of the lung capacity she had in Oregon for the rest of her life, like, that is some significant impact on her career and career earnings. Right. And also, like, I know this is not, like, on the totem, you know, on the grand scheme of things that are bad versus things that are not bad, but, like, I also just think the idea of getting, like, very, 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 very sick is, like, very unappealing. Like, yes. that's, again, like, that's not the primary concern. Like, people are dying from this, but that that's why, like, I always, when I'm talking with my brothers, I'm like, okay, like, you, you guys might not, like, because they always are, like, Sorry, this is now going off on a tangent because my brother's going to be happy. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> always like, yeah, like, you know, like, because they always are trying to tell me, like, I'll be fine if I get it. I'm like, well, I also, like, okay, maybe I won't die, but I don't want to get really sick because that just sounds miserable. And then they reminded me of what you said about Steph, Dol- Steph Dolson's piece. Like, her whole family was so sick. And obviously, if it was just about getting sick and there weren't, like, the long-term effects, like, maybe that would be... Not as, you know, maybe we're like, okay, well, we just take our chances. But the long-term effects, as you said, are obviously probably the most concerning and that people are dying for this. And, you know, I keep thinking about, um, you know, there's a, a lot of the coaches are a little bit older. And I don't know. I don't, I, I'm actually, I'd be, I don't know if anyone's like kind of done this yet or written about it yet. But like, because I mean, Kurt Miller, Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I, I guess I didn't really. No one's ever asked him like specifically. Like, would you ever worry about that? I guess we just assumed he'd be fine. But like someone like Mike Tebow, like yeah, we talked to him. I think he was pretty. Uh, 
he's very media savvy, let's just say. So he did not say, oh, I'm concerned or oh, I'm not concerned. But I mean, what would you think if you could, I mean, if uh, the, the current is uh, willing to pay for you to stay in the bubble for three months, like uh, in IMG Academy, would you be nervous about that? Would you happily go? What would you think? Yeah, well, because of the fact that you know, they they wouldn't actually be able to financially send me. <laughs> that that was like, okay, well, like I don't have to think about that. But I mean, there was one part of me that was like, I mean, I need to go, like, especially because there's probably not going to be a lot of media there. It would be such a unique opportunity to yeah. um, to capture that experience and to. I mean, you could probably write a book off of that, honestly. Just like what it's like to be in the bubble during this time, but. One thing I do think is um, something, I mean, I feel really lucky with the sun specifically is I do think they're going to make access pretty easily Mm. um, available. So um, at the end of the day, you know, when there's help involved, like my personal decision probably would have been like, okay, you're going to be fine with your coverage if you just stay here and then you're, you know, less likely to get sick. So you should just stay here. Yeah. What do you think, Megan? I don't know. I think for me, I, I should be like more concerned about the health aspect, but I think for me, just like the having to be like locked up in quarantine in like Florida, especially this time of year in Florida for like three months without seeing like any friends or family would be like a little bit too much. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, actually. Um, like if you were a parent, like if I was just a parent, I just, I guess the players do this anyhow, but like to relocate and like if you're, young kid gets sick and you don't have your normal pediatrician and stuff like that. That's like, yeah. you know, a whole, you know, there's definitely a number of, of mothers in the league. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're making arrangements, right. For the caregiver, the kids to be there. But yeah, that, I mean, that's just tough to uproot your family as well. Right. If it's the other option is, is not to see them at all. Right. We've seen um, Avery Bradley in the NBA. He was concerned about, um, I guess one of his son, in addition to social justice issues, which he has been advocating for strongly in the last couple weeks, but I guess one of his sons has respiratory issues. And so he mm-hmm. uh, realized that he wasn't going to be ha- feel safe having his son in the NBA bubble and opted out as a result. Yeah. So I do wonder if any other players are going to opt out. I mean, I guess, wh- were you surprised, Alexa, at how many people uh, have opted out to date? And do you think we'll get more in the next uh, few hours? Megan and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah, I totally thought there were going to be more. I think I kind of, maybe I just read too much into the, I think a lot of people were like hyping it up on Twitter, like basically making it sound like, and I mean, this is, it's not like it was that, um, it's not like it was a bad point, but like a lot of people were like, (laughs) the league's going to end up just being like all the rookies and like everyone who got cut at the beginning of the, you know, when the rosters were finalized. Um, should they even have the season? I saw that somewhere. I'm like, well, like, no, they're gonna, they should have the season if they have people who can play and it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess right now it's, what are we at? Six, seven? I think it's seven because I saw Howard oh, Megdal, yeah. right, reported about Beck Allen. Yeah, that's actually official now, too. Um, yeah. they did announce that. So, um, and then, you know, a lot of them made sense, like Natasha Cloud, um, that made sense. Uh, Renee Montgomery. I talked with her the week before for a story and saw, you know, what she was doing, and that wasn't really shocking to me. I guess John Quell, in terms of just like what, like that, this could have been like an MVP season for her, and that, yeah. but that she decided for health reasons, you know, it seemed that she didn't want to um, risk it, um, which I think again, like 
some players seem like they totally respected her decision, and I, you can't. I don't think you can fault anyone for making that decision at all. Um, whether oh, sorry. Or not, have you seen any pushback from anyone about that? Mm-mm. Okay. No. Good. I haven't either. I just want to make sure I didn't miss you anything. players specifically? Yeah, yeah. Any, I mean, I think everyone's been very supportive, both teams and players, about the choices that the players yeah. are making. That, um, I think it was Tiffany Hayes, and she announced um, two days ago or yesterday that she was going to be sitting out, and she didn't really specify, but it. I kind of read it as she wanted to work on, like, social justice stuff. Um, the first, like, few comments, like, right away, it was like, all these other WNBA players are like, we're behind you. We support you. Mm. Like, Renee Montgomery was there. Like, let's get to work. I was like, that's really cool um, to see that support. Because, um, you know, I, I think it does. I mean, it's not like the end all be all per se. Like, I think players should do whatever they feel most comfortable with. But I do think that probably makes it easier. Um, and you don't yeah. want to have that kind of like ill will, um, especially with like teammates and stuff. So. I've seen pretty yeah. positive responses. Yeah, or peer pressure too. I would think there'd be a lot of right. I mean, yeah, the dynamics for Connecticut next year, right, are definitely going to be interesting uh, with John Quell having chosen to opt out this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Just, I mean, I report uh, recorded a podcast um, over the weekend with Gabe, Ibrahim, right. um, and we were talking about like John Quell. He, you know was asking like, Oh, is this the season where she's going to win MVP? And, um, you know, we're talking about the sun with like Dewana Bonner now and AT and like, just how stacked that lineup is. And now they just, I mean, it's one player, but it's like such a big player who's not going to be there anymore. Um, so it definitely changes the outlook on their season, but I'm excited to see what happens despite it. I'm like very, just you know curious i just it's going to be crazy also too everything within 22 games and everything's going to matter so much more but everyone's going to have that same issue too yeah yeah now megan i we were i think we we're talking earlier i agree with you like i thought john quell was going to be the domino and a lot of people were going to opt out was that your impression as well megan yeah i mean i think part of it was like alexa was saying just like so much stuff on twitter like people hyping up like first many big stars like it sounded, like they kind of made it sound like you know every big name was gonna like be like oh no just kidding which i guess could still happen but like i think at this point we like don't really think that's gonna be the case um i mean it did like what happened this week definitely changed i think like the title picture in terms of like connecticut and washington but i think otherwise like things haven't really shifted that much from what's kind of happened well, that- that's a pretty big shift, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a big shift, right? <laughs> but you still have like teams that were going to be in that picture that look like to still be in that picture. Um, I mean, the Sun, I think, you know, obviously, John Cole opting out was probably like a big hit to their potential as a championship contender, but they're probably still a playoff team. They're still going to be good. They're just not going to be as good. Yeah. You know, one question since we were talking about the Sun. Uh, I was sort of joking about this. It obviously was not realistic, but if if we had, if, if uh, Alyssa Thomas had known that there was going to be no basketball until essentially July, the first game was going to be July 24th, like what is the recovery time for the surgery she's going to need? And like, could she conceivably have gotten it on like March 15th and be ready to go? That is a great point. Um, yeah. It's still crazy to think that she'll be playing with her, you know, how long? long? It's been like two years now. Yeah, yeah. Too, too long. Too too long. To completely like wrap your head around when you look at what she's able to do on the court. Like that was just. I mean, that was my first. I was obviously like new to covering the team. 
this past season. But then, like, when the whole thing about, like, her shoulder, like, injuries came out, I was just like, she, I mean, you can tell, like, she doesn't have her range and she can't really, like, shoot jumpers or, like, a free throw. But um, still, what she's able to do is pretty remarkable. Um, but I'll, I'll have to ask her at some point. Um, yeah, I'd love to know that. I mean, that, that's, that's, a... that's what everyone looking like, so... Um, I know because yeah, she was overseas up until I guess right. March when she had to come back. So that yeah, that and they part. probably didn't have a. Ele- I mean, I think elective surgeries were probably canceled at that point. But that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what was the vibe when you've been talking to players with the Sun um, for the last couple of days? Are they still feeling very optimistic? Do they see themselves in the top tier contenders? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because again, like they were all very supportive of, of JJ, um, John Quell Jones, uh, just behind her decision and freely admitted, you know, like she, that's a big loss for them and they're going to have to figure out their new identity without her in a very short amount of time. Cause training camps like two weeks and then they have a 22 game season. And so it's, there's not a lot of wiggle room for air. Um, I, we haven't talked with everyone yet, but kind of did ask like Bree Jones about it, just like how she's feeling about having to, um, kind of assume like this new role is outside, you know, a, a bigger role than she probably envisioned a week ago on the team. And, um, actually AT too, um, ch- chimed in on it and, um, you know, they were both kind of confident that she could, you know, this is a good opportunity for her to, um, go in and show that she you know, deserves to be there. And AT said, I think she called her like a, she was like a monster overseas. And, and I was actually just writing about this for a story. And I looked back, she had that like 58 point, oh, like yeah. 16 rebound game, something like that. And I think she made like a all Euro league second team. Um, so it seems like she had a really good, um, you know, off season and, and Europe and Prague um, AT, you know, kind of backed her up on that, but that's that's gonna be interesting to see how that kind of comes about. The other thing for the Sun too is, um, you know, they're looking at Bria Holmes to take on a bigger role too, and um, to start and to uh, move to the two. Um, but I think that's gonna be interesting to see. I know Kurt Miller's really always been really like high on her and her potential, and especially now that she's passed that first year back from um, giving birth to her daughter and raising her. So um, that would be really interesting to see too. And not not to mention their other. Their pieces that they brought in and um, how Dewana Bonner fits it. Like, I'm very intrigued to, to, I really wanted to see her and, and John Quell play together, but we'll have to wait yeah. a year. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. And now, obviously, too, they added um, Beatrice Mon Premier and, um, and Jackie, G- G- is it Gamelos? I should know that she's Greek. <laughs> um, yeah, so those two pieces, too, they're going to have to incorporate into the fold. So lots of question marks for them so far. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think they had like something like crazy, like 95% of their minutes like returned last year. And then this year it's going to be like kind of a whole new lineup. So it's going to be a different yeah. team. So it's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, I think yeah. also what you said about like Mom Premier, I think it's going to be a theme kind of couple places where there are players that opted out. Some of these younger players that wouldn't have gotten to play necessarily are going to kind of get an opportunity to show that they you know, belong in the league and you know, maybe have a better chance of getting picked up someplace else next year or back on the same team next year because they'll have that opportunity to prove themselves. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy because we, I like literally wrote a story about how basically that draft class, like, I don't think got screwed, but we'll look at the list of where everyone went and like basically the entire second half of the draft is all waived or um, like Kaya Gillespie set out. Um, but 
you know, some of them will get second chances now. Um, and I think it's also going to be interesting, too, what's going to happen with – because we there's still teams that have to add people. Because not every roster is up to 11 or 12 yet. And then, obviously, like, what's going to happen with injuries? Like, who are they – that's another huge question for me with the bubble. Like, if – I don't know. Um, if Jasmine Thomas gets hurt on the side, are they going to – and they can add someone else. Like, are they going to – like how how do you bring people into the bubble? Yeah, that's a question we had, right? Because I mean, I think about you know we always talk about 144 spots. Uh, I was looking at it, and I think like 160 or so people played last season, and actually some of them played on uh, two teams, right? So it'll be really interesting if someone gets traded and just has to like walk across the courtyard uh, at right. IOG Academy. But yeah, like if you get cut, and similarly, what happens if you get cut? Like, are you exiled immediately? Do they let you hang out for a week to see if someone wants to uh, pick you up? Uh, or, like, what happens there? Yeah. Right. You think, like, I was envisioning this, like, like side pool of players <laughs> where they can just kind of pick, you know, teams can pick them up, like, sign them whenever they need them. Because, um, yeah, you'd think, I don't know. That's, like, a, I think that's just, like, a huge question, especially because a lot of teams, too, like, or, or inevitably, it's not like these rosters are going to be completely stagnant. Like that's not. No, real. it never happens. There's all like so. There's always like, 20 other players that are not on rosters as of say Monday are going to play before uh, October or whatever. Yeah, what's going to be the process to bring them in? And then the other question related to that is, um, I think I asked Megan what she would had thought last week about you know if like one person tests positive a week, which could be like 15 players, um, and we haven't even talked about the fact that we haven't seen who's tested positive yet in the first wave the nba is going through that uh now but um like could you medically opt out after you catch it like could you say you know what like i gave him a shot but uh i've had it not fun you know i went through something comparable to what stephanie dolson uh did and i'm out now i'm I'm, I'm tired of it and then how will that be covered i don't think we've heard details about that or if you're like physically unable to i mean worst case scenario what happens if you get it and like are still recovering too or even even just test negative keep won't test negative for 30 days a lot of questions (laughs) there are a lot of questions like i said we're not going to know until it all really happens i think i saw gabe tweeted something today which i was thinking which is like we won't really know who's playing until they actually land um it'll be interesting to see how we're going to find that out since we don't know what the media coverage will be and uh, who they're letting in, right? So, you know, we don't know, right? If you'll be there, will Michelle Vopel just bunker down uh, in uh, Florida? It's actually a very, I will say, I've actually been to the IMG Academy. I did like this um, weird kind of basketball camp for, it was like a mix of people uh, that were in media and analytics to see kind of what they were doing. And so I stayed, on, it's beautiful. It's like a beautiful private high school. So I could totally see, um, you know, theoretically staying isolated, but like you can send, you, you could go there for camp right now, like the tennis prodigies, because the old voluntary tennis camp, like they can start going as of, I think, Monday, it's the 28th. And so, like, how are you going to separate these like 15 year old tennis phenoms from uh, these WNBA players is another question I have to say nothing of all the other, you know, sports that they have there. I think that's mm-hmm. something I haven't, you know, we haven't seen the details of, and I, I think it can be done, but I th- I, I'm going to, I'm very curious to know. How many people will physically be on the IMG campus on the day, July twenty fourth? Is it? A, is it? I mean, I think it's not many WNBA, but will there be a thousand people there total? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that there was like going to be other people there. I don't know how I missed that, but 
that seems just like more variables. I feel like every person you add is like another variable. It's like if it's just yeah. the NPO and then you just have like support staff that's coming like in and out once everyone's there, maybe your risk is pretty low because like are you, you're probably not having like close extended contact with like support staff, but because the more people you add, the more risk that there is, especially given the situation in Florida right now. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's like being on a, I mean, like I said, it's like a super fancy private high school. And so it's not that different than like a college campus or something where like all the WNBA players are in like the WNBA dorm. And so probably, you know, most of the time they're just interacting with WNBA folks, but there are still other people wandering around. Right. The other question too, that this week made me consider with like what happened with the NWSL is how big just like timing is as a factor. My understanding um, and I know like the, the Orlando pride situation is kind of messy. It seems like, but it seemed like the biggest factor with that is that they had those positive tests and they just didn't have enough time to all quarantine and go through the proper uh, yeah. protocol before leaving for the tournament. Um, and so that's interesting too, because of, you know, what we talked about with like that, you know, you have the four day quarantine and you have the testing and you have the, tra- you know, our two week, training camp that, you know, the WNBA is supposedly going to, um, you know, have figured out. So maybe it won't be the same issue as they're going to have, like, more time to quarantine. But, you know, what happens if positive tests pop up, like, close to when they're supposed to, you know, tip off? I don't know. I just think that was, like, an interesting layer to the issue I hadn't really thought about before. Yeah, they might. I mean, if people get back to um... – Connecticut or any of these markets and test positive on Monday, then I don't think they'll be able to fly on July 6th, right? Which is the date that Michelle yeah, talked about. July 6th. Uh, July 6th, I believe, right? Correct if I'm wrong, Megan, is a week from Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. it is Monday. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, as my wife says, it's Blur's Day every day. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, so I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's a, that's a strange situation all around. It also has the dynamic that I think we had talked about last week uh, on the podcast, which is like, at some level, it's kind of lame that they caught at a bar. At the same time, like, they're following the guidelines in Florida, right? And so it's really weird, you know, for someone like that to be able – I was saying, imagine if then they had to go to Bradenton because they were WNBA players and so they can go out to a bar in Florida on June 15th, but they can't on July 15th. Like, the dynamics of that are mm-hmm. very funny uh, as well, assuming the guidelines in Florida uh, don't change. I will say one thing that was interesting, I saw a – um, I'm sure other people said this as well, but I saw a female journalist actually sort of comment that like at some level they were a little disappointed that like a woman, had, the women had done this, you know, they were as if like they should be held to a higher standard. I actually think like it's refreshing and good to see that, uh, you know, right. I mean, it's like, you know, as cheesy as to say, right. Like women are people too, right. They want to go to bars. Just, you know, we hear about NBA knuckleheads and, um, you know, people that are breaking curfew and, you know, people are definitely expecting NBA players to try and break the bubble in uh disney and i mean i think the same thing's gonna happen there's less to do um i was kind of looking around google maps uh, around the facility i think there's a not so nice strip mall or whatever but uh, <laughs> it's walking distance but uh nevertheless like i think that players break curfew all the time and stuff and um i'm sure some people will, will just be going so stir crazy that they'll try and get out of the bubble yeah, I think to me the most disappointing thing with like the Pride news was just that like the NWSL has basically gotten like no publicity whatsoever, even though they are going to be the first league back. And then that was like mm-hmm. national front page headline everywhere. And it's yeah, like it just sucks bad to see, have that be the one thing that gets coverage. 
But, right. No, I agree. Okay. I'll be interested to see Saturday what happens, right? Because the first game Saturday, Megan, yep. you're much more than I am. I yep. Portland versus uh, North Carolina Saturday at like noonish, I think, Eastern time. So, yeah. Jen and I went on like a five minute soccer rant on last podcast, so I will. I heard. Save him. I heard. <laughs> I did listen. I did listen. Uh, Alexa, do you follow the NWSL much or no? Um, somewhat. Um, I have, I think I like follow the main, you know, women's soccer, like reporters on Twitter and, you know, I read like some of the newsletters and, um, I don't have like, you know, team I specifically follow, but, um, I know like the broad strokes. So obviously, you know, I was interested in how their return to play was going on. And of course they, they took a completely different approach than, um, than the WNBA, than a lot of other teams and, um, It'll just be interesting to see if they can also pull off their season um, as they've kind of planned it out. Yeah, the other data point, right, is the boxing. Um, now, they're doing it in Vegas, but they actually have less people than the WNBA is talking about, and they still are having people pop up. I was listening to, I think, Chris Mannix's podcast, and he also mm-hmm. covers boxing, was talking about how they're, you know, they're still having people break the bubble. Not really break the bubble, but the virus is getting in, I think is probably uh, the right way to put it. And so, yeah, it's it's nobody knows it's gonna be interesting um you know the nwsl there's also the basketball tournament thing is happening and i think Mm -hmm. in columbus uh, ohio right um the fourth through the 14th so we're gonna have some real american um benchmarks to see kind of what happens as far as trying to return to play you know again i'm pretty cynical but then at the same level like i still take um solace in the fact that you know yes donovan mitchell caught it for the utah jazz but you know, he was the only other person out of 58 people that test positive. So it's not like it spread like wildfire, you know, in there. Whoever had it first was not a super spreader. Um, and again, right. I mean, it is a pretty as a private high school campus. You can imagine it. There are certainly ways that you could do it that it would actually be pretty. I mean, it would be socially isolating, but sort of virus isolating as well. And so I could see a world where. Um, you know, if they're not interacting with the support staff, again, the question about how to get the food and things like that is a little um, right. unclear to me. But like, you know, I've been able to go and get takeout without worrying about it. Yeah. Well, I worry about it, but without catching anything. So um, it doesn't seem inconceivable to me that, you know, mm-hmm. it could actually end up working. Right. Yeah. I think the not to kind of get preachy here, this is probably like, going off a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's interesting that like you see a lot of people that are saying the media like want the coronavirus just hmm. to, like be bad. I'm like, no, especially like sports reporters. I'm like, um, <laughs> do you realize we need sports to do our job? Cause like they could, you know, if there's no sports then I could lose my job. Cause what am I going to do? Um, so, I mean, it's just when you were saying like you're cynical, but you're basically like hopeful. I think that's like a good way to put it. Not like, we don't want anything to happen one way or another. Like we're concerned comes out of concern. We don't want people sick. Right. Um, and we want the players to be healthy, the coaches, everyone else to be healthy. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's like, we want sports back. We love sports and we hope they can do it safely. And, um, and they take the, you know, I think it's going to be so much of like a, like it's, it's impossible for us to predict what like a month from now is going to look like, or, two weeks from now or a week from now. So it's going to, they're going to be making decisions like as stuff comes up. And so as long as they can hopefully make the right decisions for everyone's safety at the time, then I think that's kind of what you have to ask for in this situation. Definitely. All right. We've been on for like 50 minutes. So should we wrap it up there? Thanks so much, Alexa, for joining us today. It was great having you on. 
No problem. Thanks again for having me. Happy to, to chat and ask a bunch of questions. And <laughs> I don't know if we came up with any answers, nope. but we have some points, I think. <laughs> yeah, luckily that's not our job. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, no, it's always good to uh, distance socialize. I think I just saw my wife there uh, on screen, which means it's dinner time at our house. So a good time to wrap it up. But yeah, it's great to see you. Uh, look for, we should do this again sometime uh, soon. Uh, and then, you know, maybe someday we'll actually see you in 3D. Yeah, hopefully. Someday soon. Very soon. Great. Thanks again. Thank great. You. Take care.